Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's July 21st, 2019. This is Tom in the Santa Fe, New Mexico Outpost, and Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. Mr. Worldwide. I am on the last day of a business meeting over the weekend. I just finished an 80-minute massage. I am coming out as we speak. Well, when you work the thousand-hour work weeks that's, that you work, somehow finding extra hours that don't even exist within the work week, you're entitled to a little uh, R&R on occasion, even though uh, R&R is a little hard to find in between the travel. But I expect that means you're feeling uh, light and loose for us to have a badass 101st episode because I know we had an awesome 100th episode last week. We were really happy with it. You guys seem to like it. Anybody else who, who hasn't heard it, go back and listen to it. We had Pete Butch, my cousin, Big Papa Tom's nephew, on the podcast. We had some great conversations, both football-related and non-football-related, but there's no come down here uh, from the there's, – there's no – there's no peak at the 100th episode. we got a bunch of good stuff to talk about today, and it's only going to get better from here on out because training camp is right around the corner. Well, let me start with something that people consider football today that still mystifies me. Let's just, for context, what is that gaming machine you still have in the bedroom that you – GameCube. And then we have Game Four. I stayed on GameCube for, for quite a while, so – and what's the version of Madden you're, you're working from? Okay, so I worked off of Madden – Okay, so it's weird because the name of Madden is always like a year later than the actual year it is. So I think it was Madden 07 with Sean Alexander on the cover right after Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger won his first Super Bowl with the Steelers. Uh, I basically stuck with that version of Madden for a decade plus. Well, I had that, I guess it was my freshman year of high school or going to my sophomore year of high school, right after the Steelers won that first Super Bowl in my lifetime. And I just stuck with that version because I can't see any issues with it. You know, you got the Steelers Super Bowl winning team on there. And, and so, yeah, I, I kept up with it for over 10 years when I finally caved and bought the new Madden. Actually, this past year, I bought an Xbox One off of eBay for only one purpose – which was to buy the new Madden because my other favorite player in the history of all time, Antonio Brown, was gracing the cover. So I figured, oh, it would be unpatriotic for me to not buy Madden, even though I've been resisting having a gaming system in my house uh, for productivity purposes. But I bought that. Now here we are. Allow me to get to my point. It was a good story. People, people want to know these things. People play Madden. Yeah, that's what I want to get to. Do you remember – what an emotional basket case that game made you. It still does. Not, not you a remember what I would, 
Remember what I used to tell you? Yeah, it's very annoying. I tell a lot of my friends, you would walk in or you would knock on the door from the side and say, Nick, it's just a game. It's not no, real. I said, it's just a cartoon. Oh, yeah, just a cartoon. So <laughs> yeah, what, block that part really, out. What's really it's funny not to me. real is the other line you used to say. It's not real. And I say, Dad, right. it's real. So I, it turns out I'm wrong because everybody thinks it's real. Just like people are starting to drop off of the NFL and just focus on fantasy – I had no idea because I was living under a rock, the hype that the Madden ratings caught the, the strong and drum that it causes when the Madden ratings come out yeah. and how offended players are and how much it matters. You know, what's funny is it, you're totally right. I mean, obviously it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. And there are, let me preface this next comment with an, with a, with a, with another comment. A comment for a comment. Um, I know, you know, sometimes when you are creating content for a podcast, like what we do, it, it can be wise to not listen to other people's podcasts so that you don't mistakenly steal something that they're saying or, or form opinions that aren't really your own. But, and, and there's definitely value to that. And there's certain times where I try not to listen to other people, um, you know, before we record, but there are other times when I'm like, listen, man, I got a crazy day. I've got hour long commutes. I work all day long and then I work all night long when we're talking about the music and all that stuff. So these podcasts get me through some of the day. So I do listen to a lot of stuff out there and it's kind of cool to see what people are thinking. And whenever we, uh, I think that, um, you know, when it comes to podcasts or news, sometimes it doesn't end right there. Sometimes it's fun to talk about what other people say on podcasts, and there's a lot of other great ones out there. So uh, Adam Lefko on his podcast, formerly of uh, Sims and Lefko fame, now he's got his own podcast, the Lefko Podcast. He made a good point with, um, damn, he's the gu- he's a guard for the Arizona Cardinals, Justin Pugh. Uh, this dude's really well-spoken. He's going to be a great broadcaster when he's done. But they talked about the Madden rankings thing earlier uh, this week, and they did an awesome job, and they had a fun conversation. And Justin Pugh is a guard. He's a very solid guard. He's been injured for the past two years, so Madden crushed him on his ratings. But Justin Pugh's pretty hilarious and accurate, so Lefko played this game with him when he asked him, uh, okay, Pugh, like, guess your ranking, and guess what they rated you at at speed and strength. And Pugh... He guessed he, he lowballed himself on everything, so it kind of worked out all right. But Lefko made a great point that I want to talk about, which is that the reason why this Madden, Madden rating thing does sort of matter is because you know perception of players is everything, and there are only a few psychopaths like us and a lot of our listeners out there who are like rewatching games or interested in evaluating three technique defensive linemen and see what they're doing on a game-to-game basis. Madden kind of tells the general public and general football fans who's good and who's not good. And it's funny to say, but you might even be able to leverage that kind of stuff in contract negotiations, not your, your Madden rating per se, but your reputation as a good player. Because nobody really knows how good corners truly are. They're not even in frame for like 70% of the game. But when Madden tells you that, you know, Joe Hayden is the 27th best corner in the NFL. A lot of people, especially teenagers and kids who are growing up, sort of take that as gospel. So um, basically, that's sort of why it matters socially. It doesn't matter for a player, I mean, in in a team. It was interesting. So it was interesting. I was just trying to read and figure out how they did these ratings, and they claim to use 50 different data points for each player. I I imagine it's pretty sophisticated. Yeah, it's not money ball. 
Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know about the. I mean, I guess it, it's their formula, so it's correct insofar as that they define what the right. rating should be and what it should be comprised of. I just I don't know how it helps a player other than does does their social uh, popularity affect their earnings? I, I was sort of uh, insinuating that when I was talking about the contracts earlier, but admittedly, like that's a reach. Like I'm, you know, they can they can prove how good they are even if they don't have a good. It's all ego, ranking. right? Yeah, but that's a big deal too. That's part partially why you play it. But I'll tell you this much: just looking at the Madden ratings, and I know a lot of Steelers fans will agree with me, but I think other fans from other teams would agree too. These ratings, they are trash. They're really bad. And there's some, uh, and that sounds like opinion. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. That let's start with Carson Wentz as an eighty overall i think what is he like the 18th ranked quarterback or something like that the guy who's one year removed from being the best player in the nfl basically on track for the mvp before he tore his acl diving into the end zone against the rams and i get it that you're ranking him at an 80 because of some injuries that he's had the same way aaron Rodgers went down from a 99 to a 90 this year uh which is ridiculous that you could say players like drew Brees or philip rivers are ranked higher than Aaron Rodgers. You don't watch football. You don't know anything about football. You're extrapolating and either. So what I think that they did this year, the reason why I picked Rodgers and Wentz is because they both uh, are recovering from injuries. And I think what Madden did was they placed a, a large amount of emphasis on the fact that those guys were injured. Um, and so they lower their ratings, but that's just not, it, it's not an intelligent way to, uh, diagnose how good a player is or how big of an impact they have on a game or on a team. And it's just, uh, you can't play money ball. It doesn't work in football. Like in baseball, so many of the situations that people are in are controlled. Like it's pitcher versus batter. There's less variables going around. There's nobody blocking for the batter. There's nobody, you know, Matt Ryan in the Super Bowl against the Patriots a couple of years ago on the famous play where Dante Hightower comes in unblocked and tackles him. I think he forced a fumble on that play um, because the Falcons running back, Devonta Freeman, just didn't block anybody. So he's supposed to block Dante Hightower. He couldn't identify who he was supposed to block. He didn't block anybody. Hightower hits Matt Ryan when he's in the middle of throwing to a wide open Taylor Gabriel, who probably would have gone for a 60 yard touchdown because the Patriots brought basically an all blitz. Long story short, that's just my way of saying like baseball, you can do these little statistical anal- uh, analyses, but in football, it only goes so far. So the ratings are pretty brutal and Pittsburgh fans in particular are eh, the Steelers got <laughs> pretty pretty uh crushed but i haven't looked at all the other overall team rankings so so let me just say that that's playing right into our strategy to lowball everything and come in as the underdog i'm with you that's a bad thing but what's i don't know what do these ratings mean do they mean it's a projection of what they think the players are going to be like in the coming season or retrospectively what they did because if you're saying they're basing they're low they're lowering these ratings because of injuries they think might affect a player in the coming season. That's a projection. Right. Is that what this thing means? Okay, so I think it's where the player is at this exact moment in time, even when we're talking about the offseason of the NFL, because now that the gaming consoles link to, uh, link to the internet, they 
update the rankings kind of like week to week. They update your ratings. So I think they're like, yeah, Wentz is an 80 right now, but if he kills it in the first five games, then we'll pop him up to a 95 or whatever it is. So I think that's what they're doing. And obviously right now, it, for any of our listeners, like if you don't know the overall rankings, when I say Rodgers is a 90 and Wentz is an 80, that doesn't mean anything unless I tell you who – like what those ratings are relative to maybe Rogers is the highest quarterback at a 90. Well, he's not. And uh, I think the highest is Mahomes at like a 97. It's Brady at a 96 right behind that. And I believe the third guy, and this is what proves like, damn, you, you couldn't have hired professional football people to, to help you out. The third ranked quarterback is Philip rivers at 94, who is, a full nine points above Ben Roethlisberger and rivers had a very nice year last year. But if you, you know, know anything about football or watch the chargers play rivers was very good. He cut down on his interceptions, which have been his Achilles heel over the past four years when he was pretty much tasked with carrying a talent deficient chargers team over the past few years they have always gotten crushed by the injury bug so basically um he didn't have a lot of talent around him over the last you know four or five years and he had to throw the ball 50 times a game and come what may with that and so uh you know he threw a bunch of interceptions during that time and it's sort of understanding uh, understandable that he did that right um, this past year, he finally had talent around him, both offensively and defensively. I've said this a couple of times in the preseason. Now, to me, they're the most well-rounded team in the NFL if you take the Patriots out of the equation. In addition to having talent around him, he, you know, obviously Pro Bowl running back, Pro Bowl wide receiver, uh, other good receivers behind him. Um, in addition to having the, that talent around him, he cut down on the interceptions, which was his big problem, and he did a good job. But if you really know what's going on, Philip Rivers has that hilarious, like dart throwing, shot putting, throwing motion, where he like pushes the ball out instead of slinging it, uh, and that's caused his arm to wear down over time. And whereas somebody like Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady, their arms are the same that they've been as of the past few years. Breeze and Rivers' arms have declined pretty significantly. And Rivers isn't doing as much by himself as he used to. So it's just – it's baffling that you would – like if you're going to pick Rodgers or Rivers and you're ranking a, a Rivers above Rodgers, you're just getting too cute. And especially to put Rivers nine points over a Ben Roethlisberger is com- is complete lun- lunacy, and it's weird that you ha- you get paid for this. Do you think Mahomes should be the number one rated quarterback? Is that the guy who you yeah. choose if you had to? At this very moment, for sure, definitely. I mean, because of course Mahomes has the benefit of having some incredible players. I mean, he's got the fastest person, legitimately, maybe in the history of the NFL at wide receiver with Hill, and he's got Kelsey, and he had Hunt, and he has Andy Reid calling plays. But we've all seen the highlights. Patrick Mahomes is. He's the man right now, and he's what Aaron Rodgers was before these injuries. He has one of the best arms in the history of the NFL. That's no hyperbole. You guys have seen him run to the left and throw back to the right and do things that only Favre and Elway and Rodgers have been able to do. Um, he Fantastic mobility, great durability, incredible accuracy, clutch, cool, calm, collected. He's definitely the number one, and then I would think that Rodgers would be the number two. I get it why they're going to – ding Rodgers for being injured a little bit and i'm okay with that but not not as much as they did and and not overthinking it 
um, with, you know, putting Breeze and some of these other guys above him. Well, I want to apologize for doing this list verbally, but just to give you an idea. So Mahomes, Brady at two, Rivers at three, Breeze at four. Got Andrew Luck at five. Yep. Russ Wilson at six. As you said, Aaron Rodgers at seven, Matt Ryan at eight, and then Ben at nine. How many, how many in your list uh, people does Ben jump over? Um, you know what? Matt Ryan, I would jump him over Matt Ryan for sure. I, 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 I would put Philip Rivers as well. I would put Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan behind Ben. And then the rest of those guys, I, I get it, you know, for sure. Like in my opinion, the rankings for the quarterbacks right now are at this very second is kind of a neck and neck between Patrick Mahomes, who I'll give the edge to at number one, then Aaron Rodgers, just because those two guys, they can do more than everyone else. They have the the absolute elite arm talent that only someone like a Josh Allen who can compare can compare with those guys. And Josh Allen obviously lacks so many of the other things that those guys do well. They have the elite arm talent. They have the accuracy. They have the mobility. And then Rodgers has the experience. I mean, he's seen everything that you need to see, but he he's taken a lot of injuries over the past two years. So I'll put Mahomes at one. I'd put um, Rogers at two. I would definitely put Russell Wilson at three. If you guys have had the privilege of watching Russell Wilson play the past few years, which a lot of people don't, he plays on the West coast in Seattle. Um, he's just like, he's team proof. He's had one of the worst offensive coordinators for his whole career. He's had a bottom two offensive line for the past three or four years, really ever since they won that first Super Bowl. Um, decent wide receivers, no running game. And this guy just no matter, it, it doesn't matter. It, it does not matter who you put around him at coach or players. He escapes and he makes elite throws all game long. I'd put Andrew Luck after him because I think he's a similar version of that. We finally see Andrew Luck with an offensive line and some weapons around him. He's also quarter. He's teammate proof and scheme proof. He took a one in 15 team to the, to 10 and six and to the playoffs, you know, a year after. And then after that, I might put Brady, then, then Ben, then Breeze. Just because I think Breeze, physic, Breeze was not great over the second half of last year. People will forget that because it's an easier story to talk about, you know, him as an overall player, as one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. But like I said, with him and Rivers, there's noticeable decline on their arm talent, which is a big deal because that closes off a ton of your playbook and it makes you less effective as a quarterback. But he's obviously a human computer back there. I think Brady is also a human computer, but he still has the arm. Okay. Um, All right. That was a, that was a, that was insane, but you know what? It's important to me and it's important to America. So we'll talk about that, but we can get into some Steelers related stuff here. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. talk about Mike Tomlin's interview on ESPN with Jeremy Fowler. Fascinating look into the man's inner network. Tomlin gave an interview to Jeremy Fowler on ESPN, and I don't know why he did it. And that's almost what I want to talk about today. He he really didn't say anything. Um, so part of me wonders, like, did the Steelers ask him to do these, like, uh, as a favor, as like a sort of, I wouldn't say like a con- contractual thing but like hey you know get out there say something i think it's mandate i think it's mandated do you think belichick i mean look i I think these guys are required to do these interviews and um you're seeing the results of guys who are playing a little passive aggressive well 
it's so funny. A lot of people are like, oh, Tomlin, he's the worst interview. He never gives you a good interview. And that that couldn't be further from the truth for me. And like the guy is a human quote machine. It's, you might <laughs> laugh at some of some people think his quotes are stupid. I love them. I buy into it. The standard is the standard. You, you're damn right it is. Well, he's uh, I wouldn't call him Yogi Berra, but some of the way the, the turn of a phrase the man could put together on the fly is unbelievable. I've been trying to collect Tomlinisms this season just so uh, it's interject a little humor, but he has so many. That's what makes me think this this stuff just comes out of the guy's head. I mean, he's a William and Mary grad. He has a vocabulary, but he strings together words in ways that are forensically unattainable. Nobody else does that from a coaching perspective. There's yeah, it's kind of poetic. It is actually you got to give him credit. It's poetic. One that I always use, uh, um, you know, bumps and bruises associated with our profession. That's the one <laughs> I always love the way his response to injuries. Which, hey, ladies and gentlemen out there, you can apply that to your own life. You know, when something happens at the job. Uh, that's unexpected. You know, everything's going okay. And then somebody comes in there and screws it up or someone gets fired and their responsibilities get put onto you and whatever unexpected event that occurs, you know, and bumps and bruises associated with our profession and we embrace it and we enjoy it. So he's got some good ones that he did um, take a, I wouldn't say a hard stance, but he did sort of double down on the comments he made earlier in the summer, uh, with the, the cleansing comment, he said there's been a cleansing of sorts when he was asked about Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown uh, leaving the Steelers. And he said, well, he responded to it with yet another Tomlinism. I meant what I said. I said what I said. And uh, then he sort of finessed his way around it saying, well, I don't know. He might have not really finessed his way around. He might. This might have been a way for him to express – uh, the doubling down on like, yeah, I think that those guys needed to leave because he said, uh, I meant what I said. He didn't say regarding the cleansing. It was just in response to uh, Jeremy Fowler asking about the cleansing comment. He said, I meant what I said. I think that there is something to be said for uh, people who want to be here. And I think in order to win a championship, I'm paraphrasing here, you need men who are who buy in, who want to be here, who have something to lose, who are going to go all in for this. And I think he said another one basically like, oh, a desire to be part of something bigger than yourself and to put selfish ambitions aside. And I couldn't help but feeling that was a direct commentary towards A.B. Um, to Le'Veon as well, but especially to A.B. And that well, how could, that's big, that's actually kind of big. Maybe we're understating this here. Well, who knows what was in his head? But I would say that the selfishness—I I, don't—I don't agree with that. First of all, it really can't apply to Le'Veon because Le'Veon paid a price. He paid right. a big price for, yeah, for yeah, his yeah. sacrifice. He rolled sure. the dice, and it's a. And as far as AB goes, I agree with selfish. He had a nice deal. He had a signed contract, and he acted out, and the Steelers couldn't take it anymore. That—that's selfish. But you know what? As we've said a hundred times before, the owners don't care about these guys. And even the fans don't care. Have a bad season and and they're putting you on the next railroad out of town. Yeah, Boswell. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough, man. It's weird because you wanna you know that Bos someone like a Boswell is a liability this year towards towards winning the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. So why should they be any more loyal than fans and owners are to the players? Right. They should not be. And that's a big um just public sentiment that needs to change about the NFL because nobody blinks an eye when 
you know, a franchise wants to get rid of a Chris Boswell because he was horrifically bad last year. Like he deserves to be get rid to be gotten rid of. But but no one says anything when Le'Veon Bell in his third year is arguably the best running back in the year. Uh, you know, in the NFL and that 2000 by 2016 or whatever it is, him and like Ezekiel Elliott, but no one in in the audience is saying, Hey, you should give him a raise. He's getting paid like a second rounder. No one, no one ever suggested that zero people. And now it's coming out more that like Melvin Gordon's starting to want to hold out in the last year of his contract. Ezekiel Elliott is talking about holding out uh, of Cowboys camp and they're going to get painted in a negative light. I agree with you with, with the Le'Veon thing with the AB thing. I don't know. It kind of goes both ways because they've treated Antonio Brown. Great. The whole time that he was in Pittsburgh, they still at the end of the day, take these Pittsburgh discounts and, um, you know, we don't renegotiate contracts until your contract expires unless you're a quarterback. So there are a lot of things that Pittsburgh Steelers make you do where they sort of like leverage their reputation and their history. But they gave AB all those advances. They made him the highest paid receiver. And you could say, oh, he wasn't the highest paid in guarantees. But like you and I have gone over here, if you look at the history of the Steelers and their guarantees, like you get paid out unless you drop off the face of a cliff. Um, and so I thought that they treated Antonio Brown very well. And it just sort of seems very obvious to me that Antonio Brown, uh, he's a very prideful guy and he got very angry at Mike Tomlin, um, turning the nation against him for the, for, for missing the Bengals game. And, uh, I think he also got, um, I think he sensed the presence of somebody taking away his targets with Juju Smith Schuster. And I think he spun his exit on other things like a feud with Ben or this or that, but really he's about getting the most catches he possibly can get and maybe getting closer to California or something like that. I want to clarify, I'm not giving him a pass for that. I can understand it's a brutal business, but I do feel, um, I'm not sure you need gratitude, but he had his deal and he broke it and he went up, went about it in a poor way. I just wonder what it's, he had a good deal. And I just wonder why the Steelers didn't force it. I guess they, they really did just want to take a broom and clean things up because they could have said, sit out, A.B., sit out a year. Because we were going to lose the $20 million, whether he played or he didn't. That, and we talked about that, and, there, and we'll never know. But there's still a benefit to that because the big thing is that we're still on the hook for the $21 million against the salary cap this year. And I think they're not even totally out of the weeds next year, too. Um, and, and that's the big changer because if you didn't have to like if you didn't have that huge salary cap i could see you getting rid of brown because you're trying to make a full football team you do have a juju smith schuster who may not be antonio brown but he's obviously a really good receiver and you have other guys behind him who's like hey maybe our receivers will go from an a plus to a b plus but that's above the line and if we get you know 20 million dollars to spend on a you know what if you were able to get Roby, you know, what's his name? Brandon Roby, the cornerback from the Broncos. He's now in Texas, whatever. The main cornerback the Steelers were trying to get. What if you could get Roby and Steven Nelson? And now you have Roby, Nelson, Hayden, and Hilton as your cornerback room. Um, I get that, but that's not the case. They still have to pay for the guy even when he's gone. So I don't know. Maybe they just were really, really tired of these distractions of the past few years and 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 so far, it looks like there's something to be said for that because the vibe around the locker room and the media has been dialed down, you know, uh, since the waves have died down after the AB leaving. But uh, we won't know until we see the final record, really. 
Uh, well, let's bring it back to Tomlin. Uh, I don't know if you have any more to say about that, but I bring it back to Tomlin ESPN in particular. During this offseason, I'm just looking for our stories and really sort of ESPN just keeps feeding these little video clips out. And they always mention the Steelers, as you pointed out a hundred times, they have no idea what they're talking about. And I want to tell you the latest quote. I wish I had the guys, which which guy said this, but he said, he's talking this morning about how uh, the Steelers just sort of reset in the locker room or past that point where Ben ran those players out of town. Meaning and AB. I didn't even hear that. Ran, yeah, it was one of those short clips that uh, that they have on the website. Player. I, I wish I could go back and find it. I, I would if I could. But I, you know, for him to say he ran Le'Veon out of town. That's insane. A, it's factually incorrect. And A.B. We based That's that whole – was it because Mike Tomlin made A.B. look bad for not showing up for the Cincinnati game or ben, because Ben made that comment about that that interception? So I mean, we've now, said this over and over. People would call us Ben apologists, but, like, of course Ben has fault in, in these issues too. And, you know, the way he sort of holds himself above the team. He doesn't wear a helmet at practice. Just he has his own set of rules as a, you know, 15-, 16-year vet Super Bowl champion and and – you know, I know people aren't going to like to hear this, but like Tom Brady doesn't do that in New England and we see what their results are. So we're not saying Ben is blameless, but to say Ben ran these guys out of town, like you're just what are you doing? Are, are Do you not like Ben? Are you stupid? Are you just looking for an easy angle? Do you not research the Steelers enough? So you sort of like maybe you're researching, you know, you have to cover all 32 teams and ESPN requires you to have something interesting to say every time you come on TV. So you're, you know, for, as far as you know, like, well, it sounds like Ben ran them out of town. This, is, this isn't the NBA. There's not these like guys calling each other and saying, come to my team, come to my team. It's not like that. They don't have that amount of control. What AB accomplished in getting out of Pittsburgh was nothing short of a miracle. But to say it was Ben who ran those guys out of town is insanity. It did. Le'Veon is gone because he wanted a higher number of guaranteed dollars. That's it. Point blank, period. He bet. Sort of wrong on that. A.B., we'll never know. But we have our theories, and it definitely wasn't just a feud with Ben because uh, A.B.'s career and bank account have done pretty well playing with Ben. And for 99.9% of A.B.'s career, all he had was enormous praise for Ben. And whether that was true or not, it at least showed you he knew how valuable that professional relationship was. So that's just frustrating when people do that, and that's why we have a podcast because – we don't cover all 32 teams, even though I got off topic in the beginning of this podcast with all the quarterbacks. So there are a couple of uh, fun, fun things, hypotheticals going on on Twitter that uh, you identified earlier this week. And one of the questions is, if you could have one former Steeler on the team this year, who would it be? Right. And that was issued by at Stan Love the Show, which is Steve... Savran, Savran, how do you say it? S-A-V-R-A-N. Yeah, so if you could add one former Steeler to this current team, who would it be? And pretty much 90% of the people answered Troy, Woodson, or Mean Joe. Because obviously it would be great to have another big defense, uh, defensive difference maker. Defensive difference maker. Sorry. Who do you think? Who would you pick? It's clear. It's a clear selection for me. I didn't even have to think about it. Dan Kreider. It's Kreider. And no offense to Rosie Nicks, but Kreider busts open those holes, baby, and he's our favorite. He's our man. Okay, so 
obviously, if we take Kreider out of the equation, because any team who has Kreider is in the running for the Super Bowl, is there anybody who comes to mind who, who you would pick throughout the eras? I, I was just trying to think about where were the weakest or where were, um, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. No, that's but fine. Clearly linebacker, I, I feel much better about defensive backs Maybe not as strong as uh, at safety as I do about the corners right now. Right. So I guess I'd focus my my choices back there. Even though I think universally through the Steeler organization they'd say Joe Green would be the guy, but I don't feel as insecure about the defensive line right. as I do about the secondary. So, so I mean, it's hard to you know Woodson Palomalu Lee Flowers, no, okay. or Lee Flowers. I've yeah, Palomalu. Yeah, it, I agree because you know the the safeties they're not bad uh Davis and Edmonds but it's not nothing to write home about and they have nothing behind them so that's sort of terrifying. That's kind of the one area on the team besides kicker. Can we choose 2017 Boswell? <laughs> Cuz that might be my choice cuz that guy was unbelievable and right now that to me is the biggest question mark on the Steelers besides, you know, how is the offense going to do without Antonio Brown, you know? It, I know we have other receivers there, but that bend AB has been pretty much how the offense has been operating for not quite a decade, but almost that much. Um, you know who I would pick? And I realize this because the first one that comes to my mind is Troy. Yeah, like, okay, your safeties are mediocre. Let's take one of the greatest playmakers, not only in Steelers history, but in the history of the NFL. And he probably is the best idea, but you know who I'm going to pick? Who? I'm picking Shazier. Huh. I'm picking pre-injury Shazier. Imagine, because I do think Sean Davis and Edmonds can do a decent job at the safety position. I'm, I agree with you that I sort of like the outside corners. Imagine Ryan Shazier and Devin Bush at linebacker. At that point, you have the fastest defense in the entire NFL. And the blitzes from the middle linebacker position are going to be outrageous. Shazier is a splash guy. He's a three interception a year kind of guy. So maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe the 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 easiest answer is Troy Polamalu. But I just think that if you have a defensive front like that, you've got a defensive line that we're a fan of. You've got you know Harrison's another good one. If you compare Harrison with with T.J. Watt, really you could just focus on. You know what? I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I choose Prime Harrison. Prime Harrison. Yes, because I think Prime Harrison with TJ Watt creates an elite pass rush. You'd be one of the top five sort of pass rushing teams in the – wow. You'd have Harrison and Watt, who I expect to take a big leap this year as he took last year. That's going to make Cam Hayward so much better, who has been an excellent pass rusher over the past few years while they've simplified the Steelers' defense and changed the responsibilities of the Steelers' 3-4 defensive end position from, hey, just hold guys up and clog things up like they asked Aaron Smith to do. Um, They've changed that to, hey, Cam, go get the quarterback. If you have Harrison and Watt on either side and Tewitt, Hargrave, and Hayward in the middle – those guys in the back end aren't going to have to cover for nearly as long. And Harrison, he's evil. He's evil. He scares <laughs> the crap out of people. So you're going to have that sort of attitude. You're going to have that sort of leadership. You got Harrison and Williams and Hayward leading and Hayden leading that defense. I'm taking prime James Harrison. Okay. That, that's an interesting analysis. I think that's really good. 
I would make one argument for Troy or Ron Woodson. What their talents do is obviate or at least take the pressure off of the linebacker just because you sort of get a two for one with those guys. They just were all over the field. But yeah. your argument is your argument's pretty compelling. I mean, because you, you get a two for one in that you free up Cam Hayward. I, I agree with that. I mean, guys would be coming from everywhere. Yeah. Can, you, can we still play Harrison? He still probably can lift more than anybody on the Steelers. Harrison, right? He was the best. Did you see Manny? Person. So 40, Manny Pacquiao won last night at 40. You know, the boxer won at 40 that. years old last night. So 40 is the new 30. He was really good in the Super Bowl for the Evil Empire Patriots. Mm-hmm. He was their best player in that game. Um, you know what? At the end of the day, it probably is. I'm sticking with my Harrison pick. But the reason, the obvious reason to pick Troy besides like, oh, he's a one-man defense is that he just – screws the offensive game plan up. You know, you just don't know where he's going to be. I picked Harrison because it's just a consistent, you know, 60 snaps a game. You're going to have to, like, you're going to break down eventually if you have Woodley and Harrison, the second coming, which would be Harrison and, and, and Watt, right? But Troy, the thing about him is it's only a matter of time before he makes a big play. And the offense is just living in fear the whole time. But, you know, James Harrison will either eat your children or take their participation trophies away. So you have to worry about that too. <laughs> Did you see that Alex Kazora, I think it was him who t- tweeted something out this week, James Harrison's best game. And I forget oh, what yeah. it was, but he, the Ravens. he had, yeah. So three and a half sacks. Oh yeah. Cool, six quarterback that. hits an interception. Yeah. Like three forced fumbles and a fumble recovery. It was an insane, uh, Insane game for him. We've referenced that on the podcast before. I, I don't know if that was. I should his listen first to our podcast. Start. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know if that was his first start. I always had it in my head that that was his first start, and I could be wrong there because I feel like Alex would have included that in the tweet if that were the case. But I will always remember that game, and I even think like on his interception return, he jumped over a guy. I mean, it, it was just a highlight fest and it was against the Ravens and he's a tough one man because I feel like James I feel like he's at like a Jerome Bettis level uh sort of player although Jerome got much higher in the all-time rankings for his position you know in terms of overall running back yardage he made it into the top five and Harrison didn't make it that high in the sacks because he took a roundabout way to his stardom and really Harrison was uh was an absolute dominant force for you know really only three or four years there but but after those three or four years, he's still like a Pro Bowl level player. So he's a guy I don't I don't think we'll get into the Hall of Fame, but he's he's an interesting question. Him and Hines, you know, obviously one of the best Steelers ever. Yeah. So the other little contest or little guessing game out there is from Neil Kulong, and he set out a set of four possible scenarios and asked where we thought the highest percentage of. Uh, uh, them actually occurring would be yeah. Like pick so, one of these four scenarios. If you had to bet money, which one of these will be true? So let me. Uh, can I list them? List them. Sorry, sorry to do this. Okay, oh, you're the man. What is the probability of Boswell kicking over eighty eight percent in field goals? What is the probability that Bud Dupree will have more than six sacks? Probability of Ben throwing fewer than nine interceptions. And the probability of the Steelers getting over more than ten wins. Boswell over eighty eight percent on the field goals. Dupree six sacks. Ben under nineteen interceptions. Nine Steelers more than ten wins. Under nine, geez. Hopefully, nine. under nineteen should be a foregone conclusion. But uh, yeah, and it's not even really the probability. It's just hey, Boswell 
will he will he or won't he get over 88 percent? so i'll tell you right away two things of these i'm crossing out right away dupree over six sacks that's a guarantee that's a guarantee you guys heard it here first so many people online were listing that as the one that's never going to happen, but over six sacks. Now, I don't know how many sacks he had last year. Maybe you can look that up real quick yeah, while I pull a buster here. But I'm not saying that Bud's going to turn into a star, but I think that Bud, I think he had seven or eight sacks last year. Um, obviously, he's been limited by injuries, significant injuries that have kept other players out, and he's played through them. So I think he'll be a little better this year. But like I've said before, you know, he doesn't have any pass rush moves and he doesn't have any bend. You're not going to develop that year five in the NFL, right? So I'm not saying he's going to become a star, but he is an elite NFL athlete. And we've seen him get, you know, cleanup sacks every year. And he will get those sacks when the quarterback are is running around for seven seconds and there's a bust to play because that's when he you take pass rush moves out of the equation. He just runs the guy down because he's a world-class athlete. Also, he's an excellent tool on stunting and blitzing for the defensive coordinator. When he blitzes, when they stunt him around, so like instead of running around the the offensive tackle, he might loop inside and go in between the guard and the center. That's a great move for him because, again, it takes the art out of the equation. It takes the pass rush move out of the equation. It's basically, bud, go be fast and strong and then tackle the quarterback. And he can do that. So I think he'll fall into seven or eight sacks. Um, Six almost seems low to me. Now, the only thing that makes me think he might not get that is because the Browns are good now. And he used to get, you know, two sacks a year against the Deshaun Kaiser Browns. But I think he's going over six. That seems low to me. Well, looking at what his history has been, I'm not so sure. Uh, So it's four, four and a half, six, five and a half last year. What's changed that's going to result in him having more than what he has historically his high has been six well i guess i would i I, like like i said i would top it at eight honestly but hopefully he'll be healthy this year i'll roll the dice on that and the defense is better the defense is is the best year is on paper the best it's been in um you know the past four or five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten years so So the 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 betterment of the team is the the ascendancy of uh tj watt the secondary, which might hold up the, the um, quarterback from passing, giving Bud some more time to get to the quarterback. Although I don't right. know, he's the master of the big question mark that doesn't end. His That's pattern. what I'm saying. Though he's not going to get the sacks on that. Like the question mark is still going to happen. He's not going to learn how to bend around guys. But it just seems to me like he falls into sacks sometimes. And maybe I'm being too overly confident on it. But I think he's going to get to six or seven, and I could see him getting eight almost based just on like these cleanup sacks that he gets. And the Steelers have been what, like top three in sacks the last two years. So I assume one of the starting defensive, like the edge rushers is going to get some of those. So we're going to place our bets here. Who are you betting on? Well, you know what? I'm going all in and I'm placing that bet. I think Bud is getting seven sacks this year and I'm going to make that bet on my bookie. Ha! It's hard to believe, but football is almost back, and it's betting time, baby. Let's bet on that boy, Bud Dupree. The NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August 1st, and soon we will have regular season NFL and college football. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man and woman. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. 
Sports betting is exploding in popularity. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in business for years, MyBookie is the place for you. With an easy, no-hassle mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport and prop imaginable, MyBookie provides fun, safe betting experiences. Maybe you think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to throw for 9,004 yards. Do it on my bookie. If you deposit today, my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's big time. You put in a hundred bucks and they give you $50. You put in a thousand bucks. They'll give you $500 math. It's that easy. Football weekends are the best, but they're even more thrilling when every touchdown can win you money. So go to mybookie.ag. Remember, it's .ag, not .com. And sign up today with promo code OUTPOST25. And mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. And now let's get back to the rest of those over-unders on the on the probability. So we said, Bud Dupree, I, I'm guaranteeing it. He's getting over six sacks. It might be 6.2. It might be seven, but... It's not just six. And Ben, nine interceptions, under nine interceptions, you can cross that one right off the list, baby. He's <laughs> definitely throwing ten or more, but he's going to throw way more touchdown passes than interceptions because he's got to go deep and he's got to make things happen. So that doesn't even bother me. I think if he keeps it below, you know, 12, then we'll be a much better standing than the 16 he had this past year or whatever it was. Uh, did we talk about the whether the Steelers win more than 10 games? So that's a push for me. I, I sort yeah, of see ten as the as the as the the high watermark for them. And I just because I think that this division is is difficult, you know, and, and who knows what'll happen with injuries around the division, but the Browns are good, man. And I know people want to say, Oh, they haven't won before. Well, they never had a team filled with elite players before either. So let's not pretend like it's gonna be total rocket science rocket science. You know, this happened. The, the Rams were the worst team ever, and then Sean McVay gets there, and they're one of the best teams. So I think that that's a little bit of an overthought on on them not having won before. I'm like, okay, yeah, other people who were called the Browns didn't win before, but now they have really good players <laughs> and a coach who did a good job last year. So I think that'll be tough, but I do think there is value in that those Browns aren't experienced in divisional races of this type of magnitude and um, just they don't have a lot of experience in general and the Steelers have that incredible blend of youth they're one of the 10 youngest teams in the league and experience especially when you go to like well everybody's pretty much played in the playoff game and then you have the big guys with Ben and and Tomlin and Pouncey and Ramon who have you know played forever and been to Super Bowls and stuff like that so but 10 wins I think they can gut it out. I feel like the the Browns, Steelers, and Ravens will all be around that 10 wins, so I wouldn't put money on them getting over that. And I'm going to bet with my heart and say the Boz will kick over 88% field goals. I knew you were on that. Your boss is the biggest yeah. fan, I and mean, he needs yeah. that at a time like this. Hey, so everybody we're listening to is breathing a sigh of relief because training camp is around the corner, and the Steelers start this Friday at St. Vincent's. And what what I love is that they have this whole this whole schedule of former Steelers that will be there for a meet and greet, starting with Merrill Hoge. And oh. uh, I know, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> you got me. Still now, I'm, me. now I'm being it. <laughs> I, I shouldn't uh, – I mean, some of these guys – I mean, Donnie Shell for sure. Charlie Batch is a great guy to have. So, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. I don't know why, but this just came to me. Do they have – 
Hank Poteet. You know what? Damn it. He could. He works for them. He's one of my favorite Steelers ever. Hank and Antoine and Amos Zaraway were my – well, obviously Cordell were my first favorite Steelers. Let me just throw out a couple of guys kind of surprised. Actually, a lot of these guys. Randy Grossman. Classic. John Banizak. Do you even know who John Banizak is? I will yeah, be you, you read the book, I know. Up with you. No, I don't know who John Banizak is. I'm sorry. There are some people yelling at us on here. I'll take you. I'll take you any day. I don't know John Banizak. All right. Greg Warren. There's going to be a line out the door to say hi to Greg. Yep. Of course. And Jason Gilden. Wow. Is he still the Steelers sack leader or did, or did Harrison take that? I thought Harrison took that. I think Harrison took it at the end. But the other the other throwback is John Kolb. And they're, they're matching that's him up one. with Arthur Motes on the same day probably because John's not going to last the full hour. But that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Arthur Motes, he's the man. I know. Another and, guy who works with the Steelers. I can't really think of another guy who's only been in town for just a very short period of time and is loved like that. D'Angelo Williams did a pretty awesome job himself as well. Deuce Staley didn't work out the same way, but – uh, yeah, most quite the impression in a small amount of time. He's the man. Yeah. So anyway, we have that to look forward to, and we'll be reporting on that next week. Anything and else? We, well, we won't be there, which is nobody's fault but our own, and and you know other factors that are in our lives. But you know what I think we should do right now? That we what? we commit, we commit on air, in person. We'll be there next year, so you guys can look forward okay, to next that. Year. That's easier to commit to. Not this year, because it's still have to sell it to your mother. (laughs) And I have to start a Kickstarter to get that plane ticket. (laughs) But uh, next year, we'll be on the ground, and there will be short shorts, and there will be whistles, and there will be dumbbells, and there will be action. But not this year, but next year. That's what we call a tease in the radio business. So that's for you guys out there and ladies. Okay. Uh, glad you listened. I'm glad the technology worked on in this remote area that I'm at. Visit uh, Santa Fe, pretty cool place. You're in a teepee, right? Uh, there's a teepee right outside my door, right next to the bar. I'm going to visit right now to type up the notes here and get this podcast out on the right. airwaves. I apologize to everybody. I went too hard on the uh, on the random NFL, the quarterbacks and the Madden rankings. So you can see, I guess I'm one of the one of the test subjects here as a millennial who went to our, yeah, you're we'll, in the target. You're in the tar- we'll target. That demo. Maybe you can, depending on how much time you have, maybe you can edit that towards the end and we'll, we'll let people get to the Steelers action quicker, but Hey, you guys are getting a peek inside the curtain right now towards Steelers outpost production. These are the conversations that need to be had, but Hey, if you don't understand the rest of the league, you don't understand the Steelers as much as you need to. So I, I take everything back. I stand by it. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram at Steelers outpost. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the website, SteelersOutpost.com, or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.